All right, all right. Well, here we are, another Sunday. Come on, we come in, it's about uh, 52 degrees. We'll leave and it's gonna be like 44, right? That's just, that's how it goes around here. It's good though. I'm sure this week, with all the wonderful weather going into next week, by next week this time, we'll be hearing a lot of this. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just the way it goes, man. Come on. You know, people always talk about Mississippi weather though, but I'm gonna be honest with you. It's pretty much just the whole entire south like corner of the United States. It's just terrible weather. So you know what I'm saying? Don't give me all the stuff about Mississippi weather. Louisiana's worse. Yeah, it doesn't move. It doesn't move. It's just stagnant. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm not talking about weather today. I'm talking about some more important things than that. Come on, before we get moving in today's message, uh, uh, two things. Number one is this, is that immediately, immediately following this service, uh, we uh, are going to be holding our Next Steps class, and I spent some time last week kind of talking about it, uh, but, but this week, just the same thing, um, right after the service, between both, uh, between both services, we're going to be having our Next Steps class, and what it is, it's a class for those of you who are kind of new to the church, or you've been kicking the tires, or even if it's your first time and you'd like to know a little bit more about the church, um, um, I'm going to be teaching a class for about you know, 30, 45 minutes after the service. And uh, what it is, it's basically who we are and uh, what we're about, what we're doing, and then how you could be a part. And so I'd love to invite you out to that. Uh, it'd be right through these doors. If you take an immediate left after service and take another, kind of take a U-turn, you'll see the class there on the right. We'll be in there. Love to meet you, talk to you for a couple of minutes, and then uh, let you know about the church. And so there's that. By the way, if you have kids in the kids' ministry, don't worry. They will be taken care of, and uh, you can pick them up later. As always, they're probably having more fun in the ministry than they will in your car. So you can leave them there, and uh, they'll have a good time. But uh, also, we are gearing up for our next small group semester, which is starting uh, in the beginning, actually the second Sunday of February. So what's going on is last week and this week, if you are interested in leading a small group, if you've been a trainee or a co-leader and you're, you're, you're kind of ready to, to, to launch off and lead a small group, uh, you've probably been contacted by now. But just to put a reminder out there, if, if you're kind of like wondering if you should or not, uh, I'd love to highly encourage you to do that. Um, we have a lot of people who need to be in small groups, but honestly, we need more small groups. And so if you've maybe led in the past and, uh, and you're, you're willing to kind of step up, we, this would be a great time to do that. Also, if you are willing to open up your home to host a small group, maybe you don't want uh, to, to lead one necessarily, but you'd like to host a small group, we also have a need for that. Uh, so if you would not mind, after the service today, head over here to our small groups area and go ahead and sign up. And uh, let me tell you something, you're going to be a, a giant help to a lot of people people this next semester to know God, because that's why we do small groups, to help people know God, and to also help people know people, all right? Sunday mornings is a kind of a big service, and a couple of services, and you kind of maybe feel like you kind of get lost in the mix or whatever. Small groups is how you will uh, know people and be known by people, okay? It's a great place to be. So small groups isn't one of those things that we do kind of just extra, all right, like the, oh, that would be cool. Um, I like to put it this way. I think that small groups is probably the, the purest form of church that we do in regards to the body of Christ coming together. This is awesome, and I love this, and I think that everybody should come to a, a, an environment like this. But I also know that you're missing out on a giant portion of what it looks like to be a Christian in regards to Christian community if you're not in circles, okay, around other people, praying for other people, ministering to other people. And honestly, it's very difficult to sort of care for people pastorally in this church if you're not connected to a small group. 
All right, just gonna throw all that out there a little bit to let you know what's going on. So, so as we gear up for our small group launches in February, you're gonna begin to hear more about it. Um, I just want you to know how much we value small groups. I want you to know that. And so, uh, so be a part of it, be a part of it, all right? By the way, what's really cool is we'll be starting a new set of uh, uh, teachings, uh, like a new series in February that will carry on through May. And uh, part of our small groups are sermon-based small groups, which we take what's talked about on a Sunday morning and we take it into a small group and we have uh, more conversations around it. And so, so it's really beneficial to, to you and your walk with God. And so, uh, so anyway, there's that. Does that sound good? All right. If you need more information, go to slash small groups up there and, uh, and, and you'll find out. By the way, signups for small groups will begin here shortly. I believe it's actually next week, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's next week is uh, small group signups. And so, so be looking forward to that. All right, 9.30, here we go, y'all ready? Don't miss it, week two, all right? What we're doing this, 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 um, this series is we're talking about how, how to really have the best year ever. And uh, I know last week we talked about this too, like, you know, we got some pessimists and optimists in the room. And so, so for optimists, whenever you hear phrases like, how to have the, this is the best day ever. You're like, yeah, it is, it's so good. And then my pessimists, also known as realists, um, they, uh, they tend to look at those phrases and kind of like downplay it, you know, like, oh, come on, man, you know. I said the same thing last year, but it, it didn't really turn out like that, you know. And, and, and so with that, we, would, we really want to talk about how to have the best year ever, because I think that sometimes the only difference between having a good year and a bad year is sort of your perspective in it, your perspective in it. And, um, and this isn't some sort of like self-help teaching where it just changed the way that you think and everything works out. No, no, we're gonna, we're gonna base our thinking of what we change our thinking to on someone that's, uh, that's a little bit more powerful than us, okay? But there is a certain amount of truth to how you look at things does determine a lot about how it plays out, right? So, so in that, we, we don't wanna look back at the end of our lives and say, we missed it. We missed our lives, man. We just, we had so many good opportunities or, or whatever to, to really experience a good life and we really just missed it. And a lot of times what I find is that we miss it because of things that are very circumstantial. We miss the moments because of, you know, something that happened a few weeks ago. And we, we miss where we're at because of just all of these outside things. And it, be, it can begin to take over our lives to such a point that we can miss our lives. Our lives are a vapor, right? The Bible talks about that. It's very, very quick. And so some of us think that our lives, like we have so much time. And so these little things, like, well, it, there's a, it's just a season, but what happens whenever those seasons connect? <laughs> and it's negative season after negative season. At some point, it's like, man, this is just my life. Something's got to change. So we all encounter situations that can cause us to miss it. And I think it's, this is why the words of Jesus are so important in Matthew 6. He says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I hope that some of you from last week to this week have, have kind of ran this scripture over in your mind. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's gonna take care of itself. It's got some things coming that I'll worry about then, right? <laughs> There's enough for today. There's another version of the Bible. It's, it's a paraphrase, kind of like a commentary on the Bible. And it says this. It says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when the time comes. Come on. Let's change our perspective today. Because we can miss what God is doing, thinking about what happened yesterday or what might happen tomorrow. 
And we could also miss what's going on, what God is doing because of what simply is going on today. Today, that's what we're gonna talk about. Last week, we talked about our past. We talked about the things that can kind of seep its way into today, things that have happened over our past. I mean, it might've been whenever you were five years old. It might've been whenever you were 50, it doesn't matter. Our past, what happened yesterday can affect how we see today. But also what we're gonna see is that we can literally miss what's going on right now because of what's going on right now, <laughs> right? And so uh, there's a quote from Mother Teresa. She said, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We only have today. Let us begin. Let us begin. You know, I think it'd be really powerful for some of you if you could look at every day as a new beginning. If you could literally look at every day as the scripture says, where the mercies of God are renewed daily, right? I, I have mercy, I have grace for today, for the now, right? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So what are some of the things that cause us to miss it in the present? What are some of the things that are causing us to miss it today, to miss it in the moment? What are some of the things? Well, I'm gonna rip off a few things to you, ready? There's family stuff, there's school, what's for dinner, there's practice, relational issues, is the marriage good or bad, parents are getting older, how are we going to care for them, right? There's family stuff, there's money stuff, there's work, there's bills, there's I need to make more money, I make too much money, doesn't ever happen, but you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, need, I need additional income, right? Uh, kids want to go to college, where are we at with that, you know? Don't have kids, but I'm already saving for college for them because they, they will go, they might go to college. I'm not sure, but I have this, anyway. Politics, it's election season. Everybody's excited about that, right? We got <laughs> local politics. There's corruption all over the place. There's in the nation, there's crazy stuff going on. There's rumors of war, right? Just a few small things happening today. There's entertainment stuff, right? Social media is all over the place. We're just plugged in the side of our head. I think the average is like 150 minutes a day in America now of social media input. But uh, whatever, there's travel. We gotta travel, right? We got vacations coming up. We got hobbies to do. We got TV to watch. We got video games to play. We got a lot of things going on in the entertainment world of our lives. There's church stuff. Come on, it's Sunday morning. We gotta go to church. We gotta serve. We got small groups. We got prayer and worship nights. We got all leadership meetings. We got all these, we got outreaches, right? We got serve days. We have all these things going on. It's good stuff. Health stuff. <laughs> Health stuff. Exercise and nutrition. I need some exercise. Exercise and nutrition. Doctor's appointments. We got those coming up, right? We, we're sick. It's, it's flu season. I'm not going outside because everybody's got the flu and I don't want to get it, right? We're, we're navigating complex emotional things going on inside of us that nobody knows about. Hurts and pains. And we have this, these, this physical, emotional, and spiritual health issue. There's Christian stuff. It's just straight up Christian life stuff. Reading the Bible every day that we should do, right? We should pray every day. We should worship. We should, we should, uh, we should take our next steps, right? <laughs> we should... We should, 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 and we, we should, right? But there's future stuff. Come on, I'm building a business. What's that gonna be like in the future? Retirement planning, come on. I gotta invest, make, make proper choices. I gotta, man, these job options that I'm in right now, I need another one. I need more job options because what's going on right now is not good enough. It's not gonna get me where I need to be. Flam, fam, flamly. <laughs> gotta plan the old flamly planning, you know? You're planning out your family. What's it going to be like? How many kids are we going to have? What's it, what schools are we going to go to? You've got all this stuff going on. Just, just by a show of hands, did, did I say anything in that list that might have applied to you? Like you might have thought that thought this week, right? Why? Because everything I just said is life. 
There's a few things in here that you could kind of cross off the list as not necessary. Most of that, though, (laughs) it's absolutely necessary. You better be thinking about that. You better be planning about it, right? We live in America. Like, I mean, honestly, you got to have a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to have a job. You got to have like a some sort of path, or things are not going to really turn out well. And especially if you've got a family. You better be planning well for your kids and what they're going to have and and where they're going to go and how are you educated. All of these things matter. And I think that's the problem. It's because our culture is literally built perfectly to cause us to miss what really, really matters at the core of it because it's just encased in a lot of other things that matter. It all matters. And that's the difficulty of it. How do we delineate? How do we like, like detangle the hair of our life, right? How do we comb it out to know what's what? So in order to help us accomplish more, right? In order to help us to deal with all of these things, we try to create things to, to make us less busy, more efficient, and more aware of what's going on. So we have calendars and we have productivity apps to give, to give us margin, right? Like how many of you are, that's like your word of the year, margin, space, I need margin in my life, margin. The problem is that whenever we create margin, we fill it again with something else. Isn't it awesome? I've got five minutes in my day. I've created margin over the last two years, five minutes of just meditation. Oh, got to do something else to fill that meditation moment with something else, right? Like, like I'm going to meditate on the, on the Lord, Ding, the phone goes off. You know what I'm saying? Something important comes in. But we create more apps and things to try to, look, guys, the books that are being written, 70% of nonfiction books that were sold last year were on productivity. How to to produce more. We're we're programmed to produce more. And is that negative that we want to produce? No. I think we should be productive. But what's the cost? What's the cost of all this? We've got a world of opportunity and input in front of us, but the stats say, and I think all of our emotional states overall say that it's crushing us. It's crushing us. The very thing that is promising more, the very type of culture that's saying, do this and you're gonna get ahead, ends up just honestly killing us and crushing us and and we're underneath this weight and we don't know what to do with it. This pattern, actually leads to what Dr. Meyer Friedman called hurry sickness. Hurry sickness. Listen to this. Hurry sickness is a behavioral pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming and continual sense of urgency, a malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster and to get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. Now here's the kicker. This was kind of worded and discovered in the 1950s. (laughs) You would have thought this was like five years ago. This isn't a new problem. This isn't new. We're like three generations deep in this. We're we're deep in this, four, four generations now of just hurry. Now here's the deal. Here's 10 symptoms of hurry sickness. I'm reading about myself here. This is terrible. (laughs) Irritability. (laughs) It's all of us. Uh, Restlessness. Hypersensitivity. Workaholism. 
Emotional numbness, out of order priorities, neglect to physical care, escapist behaviors, isolation, slipping and slipping on previously determined healthy disciplines. Does that describe any of you? Right? I know it does, because I hang out with some of you, right? Like, we all hang out together in our irritableness and our restlessness and our hypersensitivity and all Like, we all do it. Why are we so busy? It's because I, I believe that, again, we've been programmed to want to be so productive. And I think we want to be productive in life because that productivity, it validates our purpose and it gives us value. Like that way we could look at our life and look at all the things we're doing and the things that we've done and we would feel a sense of purpose and value because of all of these things. But there may be some subtle underlying reasons we're so busy. Some of us are so busy because we're trying to prove something to people. Or maybe we're trying to improve our quality of life. Or maybe you're trying to distract yourself from, from something. Whatever it is, I, I think that we have to drill down deeper into the question of why. Whatever you do, whatever you feel, at some point, if you don't ask the question, why am I feeling that? Why am I doing that? You wander off into oblivion. Emotionally, with your life, with your faith, you just wander off because you're not asking why. And so, so if I'm trying to prove something to people, why? Why am I trying to prove something? Well, maybe it's because you're actually insecure. Maybe it's just straight up insecurity. You see, the, the trap of comparison that we live in is really just such a, a, a large part of this in our society. We can't go a day in our life without comparing ourselves to someone who's doing what we do better. If you're a mom and you open up social media, you see all the moms that just, they just seem to be mama-ing better than you, right? I'm a pastor, and so guess what? I can open up Instagram at any moment. I can go on the web and I can look at other churches and I can say, man, they're killing it. And, and, and I can begin to look at, at just what I perceive as just something better. You can begin to do the same thing in your job, with your finances, with your planning of life. You can begin to look at people that there's this perception that they're doing something that you're not doing and it's producing better results than you're getting. So therefore, there's this gap between where you are and where you wanna be and now you're on the rat race to get there. Comparison, man. It's like a drug in our system. You could do it online. You could do it with your friends that sit right next to you. <coughs> Come on, I got a lot of friends that got a lot of nice houses. And you walk up in there and you're just like, wow. Why don't I have this? If that happens to you, there's something going on in your heart that you've got to ask the question, why? Why can't I just celebrate whenever something good happens to somebody else, why does it always have to end up being about me? And in that, I think the word would be selfishness, right? You see, whenever you begin to connect the dots and ask why, what's the real issue? It's because you're looking at yourself so much. 
But it's insecurity because of someone, yeah, because you're thinking about yourself. You're looking at them and what they have through the lens of yourself. It's selfishness. And the problem with that is that you only have two options. You're either going to tear yourself down or you're going to tear them down. You're either going to tear yourself down because you're not like them, whoever that is, or you're going to have to tear them down to where you're at. And both are terrible and self-destructive. If you're trying to improve your quality of life, which is a wonderful thing, guys, right? It's good to move forward in life. Why? Why am I trying to do that? It could be because of selfish ambition or pride. Like, I want to get those things. I want to be in that place so that way I could say, look at me. And again, if you don't ask the question, why am I hustling so much? Why am I doing this? Why am I so busy? You might not actually be able to answer this question. If you're distracted from reality, if you're trying to distract yourself from reality, you have to ask the question, why? And this would be kind of where where entertainment or some of those numbing agents come into play. Because if the life that I have and the life that I'm living, if I'm always wanting to be distracted from that and I'm not aware of that, then all I'm going to do is I'm going to create like this alternate life that, that numbs me from the reality that I'm actually in. And this is where coping mechanisms come in. This is where alcoholism comes in. This is where pornography comes in. This is where, honestly, entertainment does come in because it's just as powerful. We, see, we, we wanna like elevate certain things over another. We wanna make certain things worse than another. But if we don't ask why is that person doing that or why am I doing that, we won't get to the root of the problem. Many times it's actually just a cover up of pain, right? It's a cover up of, of, of a wound, of a core issue. So in your own life, if you don't ask the question, why am I trying to distract myself? You may fall into these traps. Maybe you're so busy because you're living in fear of losing what you have worked so hard to get. Right? Like I've worked 20 years to get to this point and I ain't gonna lose it. I will crush whoever I have to crush, right? I'm gonna do it, man. What is that? Man, that sounds like fear to me. It sounds like fear that I might lose what I have. Fear that what God has entrusted to me, he may take away, right? So therefore, I'm gonna grip my fingers around, I'm gonna hold on tight. So there's some reasons why we may encounter and have hurry sickness, But uh, I believe that the greater danger is that this can develop into what I'll call hurry sinfulness. (laughs) Hurry sinfulness. You see, fear, pride, selfishness, all of these things are not just subtle issues. We downgrade things. Like, oh man, I'm just kind of living in fear. Oh, that's just, man, that's just a little bit of my pride kicking up right there. Right, we frame it up and we sort of like, we justify these things. Instead of labeling what it is, y'all, it's sin. It's like, it's like one of the biggest issues in creation, right? It's sort of like the thing that destroyed the relationship between God and man. Sin. And so if we downgrade these words into just cultural things, into just an emotional thing, like it's just my emotion, and we don't actually anchor it to the word that it needs to be anchored to, we'll treat it like just like this, like this little dog. It's, it's cute and Man, it's so fluffy. I just saw a little puppy the other night. It's so, 
but it's like we're petting this little fluffy dog that has rabies. <laughs> you know, we're just like, look how cute it is. He's just, <laughs> and we're just like, oh, oh, fear. Oh, look at that little, oh, look at fear. <laughs> look at that pride. Look at that. That's what, Lucifer, is that you? Yeah, you know? <laughs> just, we just, we like, we take care, we nurture it almost, you know? <laughs> we nurture it. <laughs> I just had a mental picture of something that I, I can't, I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> it would have been perfect. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. We nurture it. It's not supposed to be like that. It's actually something that we should be like angry at. We should be aware of. We should be postured in such a way that whenever we sense those things or the Holy Spirit reveals those things in our lives that we should be quick to repent of it, right? That we should be quick to say, Lord, that's the, that, I mean, that's the sin that puts you on the cross. Do y'all feel that? Do y'all see how, how hurry, sickness, sort of actually, it's not a sickness, it's sin. It can be sinful. It really can and I think there's degrees and I think there's lots of different situations. I know what you're doing right now. You're taking what I'm saying and you're running it through the filter of your life and you're like, yeah, 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 but, 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 but if, if, but what does the Bible say? What did Jesus say? If this is the life that we're experiencing, what do we do? Well, I can tell you this, we gotta do something different. We gotta, we gotta be different, y'all. We always talk about, you know, being called out of darkness into light. Well, I think it should also display itself and express itself in our schedules, in our, in our busyness, in the way that we handle stress. I think believers should handle stress differently than unbelievers. Personal opinion, I think there's some scripture around that, right? We'll get into that in a second. But if we don't agree with that, if we don't, we will justify ourselves and remain in a pattern that ultimately could lead to death, y'all. It's a big situation. What did Jesus have to offer? I think he has some things to offer, right? What did he offer us when it comes to this? Well, I wanna read out of Matthew verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 29. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's another translation of the Bible. It says, it says are you tired, worn out, burned out? Come on, you don't have to raise your hand, but raise your hand inside of yourself, right? Like, like, are you worn out? Yes. Are you burnt out? Yes. Are you tired? When have I not been tired? <laughs> like, I don't remember the last time that I just felt rested. Okay. He says this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, the context of what Jesus is talking about when he talks about yoke is really his approach to life in regards to his teachings. So he's a, he's a rabbi, and so rabbis would, they had this philosophy, this approach, this way that they would interpret the scriptures that would then apply to people's lives. And, and so what was going on, there's a lot of rabbis, a lot of people that had heavy teachings. Basically, you could never rest. There was no rest. It was always, there's more you can do, there's more you can be. There was just this religion that was, that was void of relationship with God. And so Jesus comes along, and he's teaching something 
completely different than what they've been raised up in. So his approach to teaching, people are coming and they're like, there's such authority and love in what he's saying. It's, something's different. And he's like, yeah, are you tired? Are you tired of the rat race of what they've been teaching you? Are you sick of that? Then take my yoke. And that's what they would call it. It was a yoke. And of course, you guys picture in your head two oxen, maybe tilling some soil or whatever. And that yoke that ties them together, they are now connected one to another and they're being affected by the other because of that yoke. And so whoever you yoke yourself to, right, you're gonna be affected by. And what he's saying is, why don't you yoke yourself to my teaching? Why don't you yoke yourself to my mentality because I'm gonna give you rest for your soul. These guys can't do that. Let me tell you something. The world has a yoke, y'all. The world has a, has a philosophy, has an understanding of what life is and how it should play out in your life. But the world's wisdom is demonic. That's what worldly wisdom is. It's demonic, it's devilish. And it seems so right. But what's the end result? What's the end result? Is there rest for our souls both now and in eternity or not? Jesus says, come to me. He says, come to me. And, and, and then what he does on the cross is he actually becomes that. He becomes the fear, he becomes the sin, he takes it upon himself, he bore it, and he died for it. It's what he did, that was his way of dealing with the power of it. The sting of death was removed in what he did. What does Jesus' yoke looks, look like? Well, um, you know, there's this thing that we say a lot, and it's pretty funny, it's like, live on my best life, you know? I mean, how many of you, you want to live your best life? Come on. I mean, we want to live our best life. And uh, so we say that, and, and I agree. Like, man, I want to live my best life. I think everybody does. Like, I want to, you want to live a good life. Um, but like, what defines a good life? Like, what defines it? Well, I think following Jesus' pattern for life will help us to not miss our best life. I and mean, even whenever I say that phrase, miss our best life, I know where we go. We immediately go to the circumstances that we're in right now. Because we're in this plane, like I can touch this right here. I can feel this. Like, so if this mountain that's in front of me is out the way, that's my best life, you know? I think sometimes we miss the fact though that we may have to actually go over the mountain <laughs> or like through it, or like we might have to take the long way around the mountain and that's difficult. We went to Gatlinburg last year and uh, it was one of those vacations that you never forget because it was so memorable and good and not restful, but it was good. And uh, lots of things happened. But, it, but one of the things that happened was we got up to go to the top of the mountain. And, um, or we were going, I'm sorry, we were going over the mountain to go to another place on the other side of the mountain. And it was supposed to be like an hour drive maybe, just something pretty quick, just kind of get there, bam, bam, all right, let's move on. And um, it was frozen, roads closed. So we had to take like this two and a half hour detour or whatever on these winding roads. Nadine's sick, throwing up out the car. Like, I mean, it's just the whole nine yards. We we're like, you know, we needed to eat. It's like the whole, it's just, it was terrible. But we did, we made it to our destination, but it was not, it wasn't like, Lord, move this mountain, you know, Lord, melt the ice. You know, it was like, now nah, we got to go around the mountain. And I think sometimes in life, we're like, Lord, I, I won't miss it. I won't miss what you're doing if you actually just remove the entire mountain out the way. And just let me, you just walk through easily. And he's like, yeah, sometimes that's not the way it goes. So how can we not miss it in spite of 
what's in front of us, in spite of what's going on right now. Because I do know a lot of people in this room and a lot of people's situations, I've talked to some this week, and the, the, the situation that they're in is not easily, you, you don't just snap your fingers and you can get over it. You, you can't just like snap your fingers and your emotions are good, right? Now, there's some people who are in, are in things that, that honestly, their whole life now is affected. Every day that they live to the day that their heart stops beating, they will be marked by what's going on. And so it's not about necessarily getting rid of those things. Last week, we talked about that you can't erase what happened in the past. It's not about erasing it and forgetting about it. It's about looking at it through a different perspective. So what is the pattern that Jesus has for us to help us not miss it? Four ways, four things to not miss it today. Number one is we've got to rest. We've got to rest. We have got to have a pattern of rest. And when I say rest, I want you to think of it like this. When is there a day that goes by that you don't produce something? That you don't, like I'm talking like in your emotions, in your mind, in your physical body, whatever it is that you do don't do that. That you seriously take the foot off the gas completely. For some of you, your phone. Look at me. My phone has to be within an arm's reach at all times. It's right here with me. This right here is like, like, it's, like it's bondage. It's bondage. We're stuck to it. If we don't have it, we have like heart palpitations. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody might text me about a new Netflix movie, I don't know. <laughs> it's a big deal, I gotta have it next week, right? What is that? Well, for some of us, it's our emails on that or whatever. And it's like, actually, it's really tied to productivity of always being, in. some of you, you know, you have office jobs, right? And so for you, a restful state would be to go outside and dig a hole. <laughs> like, like go do something outside, that would actually be restful. For others of you, you're outside all day doing all that. For you, it would actually be like maybe Sending an email, I don't know. Whatever it is that causes you not to be productive in regards to, uh, in, as we're talking about rest, you've got to have a rhythm of it. Now, here's a big lie that I'll slow down when I get older. And young people, listen, it's not, it's not the case. It's a season, right? Like in this season of my life, and that season is not three months, that season is like 10 years. I'm gonna run really hard I'm gonna hustle and then I'm gonna be like at a place where then I can just like chill. Keep that on a leash, man. Because the, the abyss in front of you of things to accomplish, come on guys, you're about to graduate high school. Keep that on a leash because there, there's just an abyss of options and opportunity and they're not all from God and they're all not, not fueled by his spirit, right? You gotta rest. There's got to be rest. The Bible talks a lot about Sabbath and resting, and we need rest. We need rest to reset our body, our soul, and our spirit so that we can be re refreshed to then produce and then to serve, right? There's a purpose behind the rest, by the way. So all my workaholics, there's a purpose even in that, right? You're actually being productive when you're not being productive because you will be more productive Later on, the next thing I'd say is that another way to, to not miss it is to be content, to not compare. If you're on the rat race, if you're always comparing, let me tell you what you're not. You're not content. And content is a very godly attribute. 
It's something that he wants us to, to live in. It's a characteristic that we must have as believers. The Bible talks a lot about it. Gratitude, thanksgiving, contentment. Paul talks about it. He said, I've learned that whatever state I'm in, whatever I have, whatever I have, I'm good with it. Some of you, you gotta get there. You gotta get there in your mind. Go back this week and think about all the things that you said, man, if I only had that. Or you're holding something that you do have and you're like, man, I wish I had the other thing. Right? Maybe it's your kid. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. None of you would ever, ever think something horrible like that, you know? Like, no, I would say it like, she's really just, just testing me right now, you know? <laughs> what do you have? Be content. Because contentment eradicates the negative uh, side of comparison. It, 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 just, it just removes it immediately. When you begin to thank God for your house, you thank God for your family, however jacked up it is, right? You thank God for your finances, the money that you do have. You thank God, it doesn't matter. I've got five bucks in the bank. Well, man, you could have none. Have you eaten in the last two days? Yeah. Well, that's better than a lot of people on the face of the planet today. Are you content in that? Be content, be in community. Some of you are just, you're around the wrong people. It's really hard to have a, a godly perspective in life whenever you're around ungodly influences. I don't think we should be isolated from the world and if you have a friend that doesn't believe in Jesus, oh no. If you think that, you just haven't been around long enough around here, okay? We don't, we don't preach that. But there is something, you, ha you have to keep a leash on it too. Who am I allowing to influence my thinking? Who am I allowing to influence my heart? Jesus was in community. He promoted community. We gotta rest, we gotta be content, we gotta be in community. Small groups are coming up. I wanna encourage you again, get around some people like that. The last thing is this, I believe we need to be devoted. And there's obviously, when we talk about devotion, there is a, there's an obvious practice and a pattern of, of reading the word of God, of intake, having intake of what the truth says about life. There's a truth, we must pray. There must be a, a, a pulse in your life as believers that's honestly fueled by a desire, first and foremost, to read the word of God, to pray, to worship. But these things continue to encourage you in what you already believe, what you already hear. The perspective that I'm bringing right now is not something that's just you know, kind of out of thin air, it's, it's biblically based. So if you're not reading the word of God, then the only intake you have is gonna be from somebody else's philosophy or something having to do with just this worldly understanding. And we've already kind of talked about that, what it can lead to. But devotion is also, it comes from having an experience. Whenever someone has done something for you and you trust them, you're devoted to them. Think about that. Think about somebody that you've, you're close to right now. And, and man, like, I mean, you, you take a bullet for him, man. I mean, like you're, you're, you had that type of relationship. How did you get there? There was things, experiences that you had together that built this trust, that built that relationship. That without those things, without those moments, you, you, you wouldn't be devoted to each other. It's impossible for me to meet you, hang out for a week and be as devoted to you relationally as, as my wife or some of my friends that I've been around for 20 years, 30 years. It's impossible. I can't build. 
Devotion comes from an experience. And some of you, you're trying to be devoted to God through things, through, through actions, and you've missed the experience of just knowing him. You see, whenever we talk about the gospel, we talk about Jesus paying the price for us. That's what we call the gospel. It's, it's the good news of what Jesus has done. And some of you, you're, you're on the edge of this, this relationship with him. And you're trying to figure out life. You're here today. I believe everybody came today because there's something you're trying to figure out or there's, there's some reason you're here. And I believe that you're here to meet Jesus. I believe that you're here to have an experience with him. And that's my prayer for this message is that all of it would lead to this moment of am I devoted to God? Not just in what I do, but in who I am. And I believe some of you today, right now, it's time to make a decision to follow him. So go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. And just everybody focus in on what it is that God's speaking to you. Because it all begins with a relationship with him. If you're here today and you know that you're far from him, you know that there's a, there's a, a distance between you and God. But today you wanna to give all that you are to him. You wanna surrender your life to him. God has done the work. God has created the way through Jesus dying on the cross for you and being raised again to give you new life, to give you resurrection life. That's his promise to you right now. He loves you, he sees you. And don't miss this moment because God's doing something right now in your heart all the things that have happened in your life are part of the story. And this is another moment for you to say yes, to respond to what God is, is drawing you for. Because he's drawing you to live a life of purpose based upon Jesus. So if that's you, I want to pray a prayer. And you just pray after me. You can repeat after me or you can pray your own prayer. But just say something like this. Say, God, I come before you right now humbly and broken and I surrender all that I am to you the things that I want everybody to know about and the things that I don't the successes the failures and God I ask that you would give me that you'd forgive me and redeem me God that you would cause me to live for something more than myself Jesus, I thank you for the cross, that you died on the cross for my sin, for my shame. And today I repent from my sin and I turn to you. And I thank you for the life that I'm gonna live to glorify you, to lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, come on, Tom. Come on, let's give it up for those who made that decision today. And it's always awesome when we get to the end of these services and it's like, like Pastor Jordan said, everything culminates to that moment where some of you just made that decision. And, you know, that's why, honestly why we do what we do as a church. We, we want to help people to know God. And for some of you, that's the, you just took that first step in knowing God. And, you know, Pastor Jordan mentioned this uh, little orange and white card or what's next card back at the beginning of the service. Um, he mentioned that it was for first time guests. But also, if you just made that decision to follow Jesus, it's also for you. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to get in touch with 
with you this week. And if you could just fill that out for us, um, what we're going to do is, is just reach out to you uh, via text, email, and I want to give you your next step to taking a relationship with Jesus. Um, actually, something really cool that Pastor Jordan did is he made a, a video that's just for you if you made that decision that's going to help you to know what to do now because it's not just a decision you just made today. It's a journey that you entered into and a family that you entered into. So we want to help you come alongside with you in that. So if you could fill that out and you have two options to turn it in, either back here at the Next Steps area, there's a blue banner in the back there. There's going to be a friendly couple that would just love to meet you, uh, give you a little gift. and uh, Or if you're in a hurry, you can also just drop it off in any one of the white buckets at any of the doors as you leave. Sound good? Um, hey, guys, uh, today we got our What's Next class. Pastor Jordan mentioned it back at the beginning of the service. If you've been around Northwood for like, it, this could be your first week, um, you're welcome to that. Or you've, maybe you've been around here for a couple months and you've been kicking the tires and you're like, man, I want to sink my roots down into this family. Like Pastor Jordan said, you just go right out this door and hang a left real quick and you'll be right there. Um, Pastor Jordan's going to be in there teaching the class. I'll be in there and uh, we'd love to meet you and spend some time with you, okay? Um, also, uh, we got every single week, guys, we got some amazing, amazing people up here at the front. It's our prayer team. And if there's anything, you know what, sometimes, sometimes these messages, I know I was just listening to it and there's things that are stirring up in my heart. Some of you are going through some really big stuff right now and God spoke some really uh, deep things to you and you're sitting there like, man, I need to do something with what, what's going on inside of me right now. Don't walk out these doors today without talking to someone. And that's one of the reasons we have the prayer team up here. Walk up here. Um, everything you say to them is confidential and they would just love to spend a couple moments with you and pray over you, um, just show you some love and everything. So uh, make yourself available to them. Also guys, hey, we are giving church. Uh, we believe that uh, that the act of giving is an act of worship. So um, there's four ways to give on the screen behind me. Uh, make yourself available to that. Uh, go ahead and stand up. We've got a couple more quick announcements as we get ready to go. Next week, next week, uh, we got our uh, Ocean Springs interest meeting. It's our first one. Like, uh, like we said la the past couple weeks, whether you know you're going to be going to the Ocean Springs campus and you're like, man, I want to hear what's going on, come out to that. Hey, if you just want to be there and, and know how to pray, know how you can partner with us in, in launching that location, um, the same thing with you. Just coming out. Everyone's welcome. We'd love there to be a crowd. Um, it's next week here at this location. You can get more information um, right, it's right in the screen behind me, northwood.church slash Ocean Springs. And also check uh, social media throughout the week, all right? And that's all I got for you guys. Have a great week. Uh, we'll see you later.